All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Jason Greger Show on Edmonton's number one sports radio station, Sports 1440. It's the Greger Show alongside uh, former NHLer Sean Brown. He's our weekly Tuesday co-host. We've got a lot of texts coming in. 833-401-1440. Also, you can leave your comments. Pretty busy comment section today. At our uh, YouTube channel, it's Google, uh, it's very simple. Just look up uh, Orders Nation YouTube, then subscribe, and you'll get it all the time. It comes to you, everything. It's easy. Also, you can win tickets to uh, some upcoming uh, oil games. So it's pretty simple. All you got to do is hit the subscribe button. There you go. I think we'll actually give away a pair of tickets on uh, Friday show on the YouTube channel. So you better, uh, if you want to subscribe, it's pretty easy. All you got to do is hit a button. Not very difficult. Uh, and the text, hey guys, I met Sean when he came into our dealership with Boy Devereaux, who is purchasing a vehicle. Big young kid, the nicest guy, enjoyed his company. We actually uh, hung out, I drove him around to arrange insurance registration in a vehicle for Boyd from uh, Mark. So uh, were you like his bodyguard with little <laughs> Boy Devereaux? You know, I, I, <clears throat> I haven't seen Boyd in years, but obviously spent a lot of time with him. Um, I think I remember that. I think he bought it on White Ave. That dealership is no longer there. Uh, a Honda dealership, I think. Okay. Um, I don't, unfortunately, I don't remember driving around to get insurance and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. It's, a lot it's, of time on your hands, eh? You're just like, well, what else do you do? Nothing. Yeah. Where we go? Well, Boyd needs insurance. I guess we'll drive around and find yeah. a place. Well, I do remember he actually bought a vehicle where I was a little bit myself. I was always a little bit nervous with money and buying and purchasing and 
I was probably a little bit frugal, I guess you could say. Um, so I wind up. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, man. So I wind up getting a, a vehicle through the driving force. Okay. Force through, uh, Al through Al Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a beauty, by the way. He's a, he's a great man. I wind up, I, you know what? I, I didn't buy like a, the vehicle I wanted probably until about, I'd say 10, 10, 12 years ago. I bought a truck that I really want. It took me that long. Yeah. I actually bought a, I had a leased Dodge Ram, like with rubber matting, like it was a rig truck. Yeah. I loved it. Everyone was like, you played in the NHL, like you're driving that. But my kids were young and it was perfect. It was oh, great. It was, that. you know, my kids were learning to ride the bike. If someone banged into it or did anything to it, it, it didn't, I was okay with that. Oh. Right. Well, Strati can relate to how he told the story when he was playing in New York. Well, you got, you know, you're in New York. And so when he would go to their parkade, the board, the first time the guys didn't let him in because he's dry. So there was like some small used car dealership guy yeah. who gave him a free vehicle, but it was like a, you know, like a Ford Tempo or something. And so he's like, I don't care. It's free. Yeah. And so, but when he went in, the guys are like, Hey, uh, yeah, you can't come in here. He's like, no, I play for the Rangers. He looks at car. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to drive my wife when I first met her coming out of school and she was with me in Boston. She, she had a little uh, Honda. Uh, Honda Civic. And so I used to drive that to the games and it didn't have power or anything, right? And the same idea when you would leave, you know, you got Martin LaPointe or whoever's got a Porsche and oh, all these guys yeah. have the nice SUVs. And here I am wheeling out with a, a little Civic and wheeling, you know, it's got the, I got to wheel the uh, window down. Oh. And people were always like, who's this guy? Oh. But that's ah, just a car, man. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. So now we, we, there's a few other things. Got a lot of uh, questions coming in. Uh, Hey, Sean, you mentioned how it was good for you to go up and down. When did you know that you could play in the league? Um, that comes in from Dan, by the way. Yeah, probably, you know, the first the first time getting called up and down, I think, like I said, I, I think Gregor said I played five games. You know, you're just getting the experience of what it's like, you know, in the NHL uh, to be around that environment. Um, you know, because not only is it, hard to play in the league as a player and on the ice it's also hard you know to be a pro and and learning that side of it too so um you know getting that experience in that five games and then coming back um you know help me understand what i needed to do in the american league you know with my game to actually get it to translate to the nhl um i would say I, that five games you know gave me enough information over the summer that that I needed to you know give me an idea of what I had to do over the summer to get better to play in that league so I, I would probably say after the five games I was like hey I, I can play here um you know and and it just put the fire in your belly because of how good of a league and how well you're treated um and because that's your goal it, it put a lot of fire in my belly for for what I had to do you know throughout the summer so I you know was well prepared and, and, you know, got, I had to get over and mature and grow up in a lot of ways too and, and stop, stop looking at these guys as, you know, I did as a young kid, um, watching them on TV and, and looking at them and thinking, I, I got to take guys' jobs here. Yeah. Uh, and I got to be able to, cause that was, that was a big thing was how much guys play for keeps. Yeah. Right. It's, you know, they're fast, they're strong, they're real, they don't give up, they, they never give up on anything. Um, and it's just a whole new level of compete. So it was um, 
that five games, I, I would say that year did a lot for me and making me understand I can play there. So you've coached a lot of young players. You're coaching at the AJHL, was a GM at the AJHL. And you talk about being competitive, right? Like a lot of guys, you know, you got to have an internal competitiveness for sure. And so you, yeah. you learn to be competitive, but at every level you go higher, there's more guys that are competitive. How did you improve being that? You talked about, hey, I've got to be as competitive as these guys. How'd you find that? How'd you learn to be that competitive? Um, just being in that environment and, and just when you, uh, you know, when you get into the, when you leave junior, um, cause everyone's pretty, you know, if you're anything, you're, by the time you leave junior, you're a good player, right? You're, you're pretty well-rounded offensively, defensively. Um, you know, you're usually really good at something, you know, one thing for sure. But, you know, when I got to the NHL or even the American League, it was just the, the compete, the fact that guys are playing, you know, they got families, they're older. And so being in that environment, uh, just kind of brought it out and, and just understanding that if, if you didn't bring it, if I didn't bring the compete and the battle, uh, I wasn't going to be there. There wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of wiggle room. And because of that environment that's created at those higher levels, it was either you, you're in or you're out. Um, so that's, uh, I, I think the environment brings it out. So now we, we, I was asking you about firsts of your career, um, your fight, your game. Do you remember your first goal? I do. I knew. I, th- I thought that would be coming. Jeff Hackett, right? Jeff Hackett in, uh, at the uh, Rexall face-off. And I, I might have been Boyd, actually. I think I was on the ice with Boyd, uh, Paul Comrie. Uh, so, yeah, the, we were in the offensive zone on the left side. Someone won the drawback and... Took a slap shot from the point and went over uh, Jeff Hackett's shoulder. Now that was like early in the season against Montreal. It was like first or second game of the year, wasn't it? Uh, I don't remember exactly. That was October sixth because I looked up the date. Oh, so okay. that has to be early in the year. Yeah, yeah. So when when did the next one come? Uh, well, <laughs> well, you know what I was looking, dude. You had two. It looks like you had two Gordy Howe hat tricks. Oh, okay, that year. Did I? Yeah, so okay. against the Calgary Flames, so you scored in October. Now, and keep in mind, so this was technically your fourth year in the NHL. Now, one year you played five games, yep. another year you played 81. Then the next year you were regular, you played 51, got banged up. And then, so this was the start of your fourth, se- fourth pro season, but really fourth in the NHL, and you finally score. Obviously, as a guy who, you know, you were never a huge goal scorer, but still, you want to score when you're in the NHL. You're still a kid yeah. at heart, yeah. right? Um, so you score there. Then you didn't score again until January 19th at home. You're playing the Flames. You have a goal. You have two assists. You have 11 penalty minutes and a tilt. Who did I fight? Uh, I haven't looked at this. I haven't seen the score sheet. I was just looking at the, uh, I got to look it up. But I don't, and then you had another one against Philly in February. Goal, assist, 16 pimps. Wow. I'm fooling people. Yeah. Hey? What's going yeah, on here? I don't know. Yeah. You it know what? So I, I actually had some talent. You know, yeah, like no, coming, I know that. Your coming, first round pick. Yeah. <laughs> coming out of junior. Strutty never had a natural hat trick. You know, sorry, never had a Gordy Howe hat either. It, it just goes to show how tough the league is. Like, oh, it, yeah. It's a hard league, and, and you got to find something in your game that's going to keep you there. Um, but I, I, you know, it's, uh, I don't remember, obviously, uh, exactly some of those nights, but yeah. 
Well, obviously, you remember your first goal. There's no yeah. question about that. Yeah, I got that on the wall. Yeah, yeah. I got that the on puck, the wall. So now, the, most organizations, they mount the puck for you, correct? Yeah. Is that what they do? Yeah, Sparky. And then does he write on it? Like, what does it say on the plaque? Yeah, it's just got the time, the date, the team. Like I said, I think Paul Comrie, uh, Boyd. I just can't think of the other guy that was that was on the ice. Um, yeah, it's a nice little plaque. And then Sparky kind of signed it at the signed the back of it there. Um you know, that was, that was obviously, you know, that's a nice keepsake. Every kid wants that. Oh yeah. You know, um, I thought the game sheet was actually pretty cool. Okay. Right. To kind of get the actual game sheet. You have that too, Mountain? I have, I have that. Okay. Uh, the one thing I would have liked to have gotten that I didn't get is a game sheet playing against Gretzky. That would have been cool. Obviously, you know, the Wayne Gretzky and what oh. he, he means to hockey would have been uh, something that, that would have been nice. Were you intimidated playing against Wayne? Uh, not, I wasn't like intimidated. It was just one of those aha moments, right? You're kind of looking at, and you're looking at them and you're, you're on with the, you're, you're on, you're sharing the ice with the best player to play the game. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's that, there's that side too, where it's like, if I ever do get on the ice with him, <laughs> do I finish my check on this guy? <laughs> Can I finish my check? Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, you know, you don't, you don't, uh, you, you know, I, I think there's kind of like, at least for me, there was an unwritten rule where you don't, you, you wouldn't want to run the guy or anything like that, but you know, you'd, you'd want to kind of finish him a little bit. But that was one thing that I was like on the ice with him. I was like, if I ever get on the ice and you have a chance, you know, what do you do? Was there a guy that you were just like, man, if I ever get the chance, I want to fight him? Uh, that I'd want to fight. Yeah. Like you're just like I just want to test myself, or just it would be kind of cool to say, hey, I fought Bob Probert or Ty Domi. Or I guess there was one guy that kind of there was one guy that kind of bothered me that I really liked and respected as a person and a player, um, but I just I hated playing against him. But it was Burt Robertson, uh-huh. and, he, and he was in um, he was in Vancouver. Yeah, I played Edmonton briefly. Yeah, yeah, we wind up bringing him, and he yeah. he was a great guy, great teammate. Uh, really respected how tough he was and the way he played the game. But for whatever reason in Vancouver, you know, he was on the ice with Brashear, maybe Cook. Uh, so he's playing a lot bigger. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and he was always in every scrum and hitting you and pushing you. And, and obviously yeah, I couldn't really get to him because Brashear was there. And uh, so he was always one guy that I was kind of like, man, if I ever get a chance to get this guy, I wouldn't mind getting my hands on him. And uh, I actually wind up, we he, we actually brought him into camp uh, really? one year. And I fought him in, uh, I fought him in uh, tryouts there. And, uh, but as I got to know him, obviously he was, I mean, everyone in the NHL that you play against, right? Just because of the way they play on the ice doesn't mean that's the way they are off the ice. Yeah. He was just a super teammate, super guy. You know, he was just, that's the way he had to play. Yeah. Uh, and we all had to figure out a way that was going to get us into the next, you know, into the next game. And that was his way. Andre Nazarov is who you fought when you had your Gord- your first goal oh, okay. trick yeah. for against the Flames. Okay, I don't You guys won 7 nothing. 7 nothing. You had a goal, wow. two assists. You had to be at a fight, yeah. you had to be a star. I should look to see if they have the uh, the stars in that game. You must have been a star, I would think. I don't I honestly don't even remember that. I forget it. I forgot about that. Jeez, oh, dude. Guy gets a and, 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 Yeah, Andre Nazarov too. That he's big a dude. tough big guy. <laughs> yeah, nice. Uh, when we come back, a gentleman who didn't have a Gordie Howe hat trick, but did score in the shootout.
In case you don't know, Brownie, he scored in the shootout. I'm sure you've never heard the story, but uh, he did score in a shootout. Um, Jason Strudwick joins us next. Uh, Jason Greger, Sean Brown with you on Sports 1440 and live on Owners Nation YouTube. Oh, Connor, just just throwing a little salt in the wound here. Fantastic. Uh, uh, Brownie, you'll learn things uh, over the years. Strudy was very adamant that um, these two are going to fall in love because they sang... Uh, a song together, right? Oh, and then they yeah. started the movie, yeah. and he was sure that Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, like, for sure were... He's like, they can't sing like that and not fall in love. So. I, I would I would agree with that. I watched that, too, and I thought that was odd. Like, <laughs> well, that's acting, man. That's what you do. Yeah. You make it believe that it's true. Yeah, I believed it. They yeah. were... They locked oh. eyes. I, I don't know if my wife would have been necessarily happy with me staring into another lady's eyes like oh, that. That's your job, though. Yeah. Yeah, it all depends. So that's why it's tough. So let's uh, let's get to uh, Strud's On, brought to you by Action Electrical, family-run business for over 50 years. And they always are looking to improve and expand now, have a whole new solar division. If you're looking for solar, think actionelectrical.net as uh, we are joined now. Oh, actually, let's get to uh, Strud's On. The Jason Greger Show presents Strud's On. It's the memories. That's what you remember. Memories. Uh, there's a bouquet of uh, enjoyment coming in my mouth there. But you know, it's like I always say, HK, who cares? It's time for Struds On. Oh, of course, uh, former NHLer. And I got a story we got to get to, of course, uh, former NHLer. Uh, also, he is now part of the uh, Got Your Back uh, podcast. Jason uh, Strudwick joins us. And uh, Strudy, this might be news to you. Sean Brown, live in person, right in front of me for the first time in his life, just saw your shootout goal. Is he there? I don't know. Can you hear us, Struds? No, I think he's gone. Con's got to get him back on the line. So there, hung up. He was so nervous. How impressive, though, was that? I really enjoyed that. Well, I, I, what I liked was yeah. you were just like, hey, was Messi playing then yeah. right now? He's got his leg kick. Uh, no, they did play in Vancouver together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing I thought. Okay, what's he going to do? And then he does the leg kick. Yeah. Strati, are you there? Oh, I'm here, guys. Okay. All right. Yeah, so uh, Brownie just saw your shootout goal. I can't believe he might have been the last person in Edmonton who didn't know you scored a shootout goal. I must not have his email. <laughs> I send it to everybody I know every on the anniversary. So Brownie, I'm sorry I left you out, buddy. I just I don't mean to exclude you from the greatness that was that shootout goal. No, hey, it was uh, very impressive. I, I was the first thing I thought of was when you, I was like, "Okay, hey, what's he gonna do?" And then. It, it, <laughs> And then I'm like, that guy played with Messier. Look at the leg kick. <laughs> Not sure where you got the celebration, but that leg kick was phenomenal. It's relief. You know, you just, I wasn't even happy. I was just relieved I didn't screw it up. Because, you know, if I don't score, it's over. Yeah. And then you look like the loser didn't score for your team. Strider, <laughs> we also learned today that Brownie had a Gordie Howe, actually had two Gordie Howe hat tricks in what? one season in his, uh, Kind of second full NHL season, uh, including a goal, oh. two assists, and a, and a and a fight against uh, Nazarov in a seven nothing victory over Calgary, <laughs> <laughs> and then a month later, a uh, goal and an assist and a fight against Philly. No, no, Gordy Howe hat tricks for the shootout kid though. 
No, no. I, I, <laughs> now, did you save the fight for last, or was it in the middle of the goal and the assist? Uh, um, no, the goal he scored was in the first period, the second goal of the game, and then he assisted on the third goal, and then he fought in about eight Smart. minutes into the third period. So smart, so smart. You got to get it. You had to get that done. Yeah. I would, I would have fought the ref if I had a Gordie Howe hat trick <laughs> on the roll. I would have fought anyone to get a, a five minute major. Uh, Brad, Shreddy, we have to ask you uh, your thoughts now that it's come and gone on the Columbus Babcock situation. You know, I put a lot of this on the GM. You know, I, I was very critical of him, uh, Griggs, when um, you know when the, the year they beat Tampa. I believe that's year they went all in. I was saying they should have traded away a lot of their top guys. Instead, they added more, and it didn't matter. It just, it just hurt them long-term. Short-term is exciting, long-term brutal for the group. And now you put this on top. You bring in a coach that I didn't really think was going to move the needle a ton. Yeah. You know, what are you, like, what is he that, was he going to be that great and turn this team around? And you're bringing this, inviting a, a circus to your, uh, you know, there, there's the idea of around him of what he's done and then just him being in Toronto before. It's just not worth it. It wasn't worth it. And then Babcock obviously um, didn't really change, right? And it's, 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 it's a time where, you know, it's just not worth it. It was not worth it. It's a power trip. Uh, the coach wants to look at your phone. He can look at your phone. He has access to everything. And I believe it's a power trip for the coach to let you know as a player who is in charge. So, I don't know. Those, those days are behind us. Um, but I, I really put this all on your arm. I, I just I don't know how he, he squeaked through this. Uh, two yeah. major blunders, I think, have really hurt that organization over his tenure. Yeah, no, I, I think it's totally fair. And uh, is this easy to get over? Do you think for the Blue Jackets or like does Boone Jenner have to like do they have to address this public like not publicly but in the dress room and how would you go about addressing it? I think it is easy to get with because no one has allegiance to this coach. This isn't a coach that led them to Stanley Cup championships. That guys have been like he's I'm his guy or he's my guy. So no one really knew Mike Babcock, right? So he's coming in. He never ran a practice. You know, he he, he obviously had a few meetings, but there was no emotional attachment. So now that guy's out. Next coach up, and now the players are going, okay. How do I get more ice time with this coach? What do I have to do to get in his good books? Um, as far as the player-to-player interaction, I think there might be a meeting, you know, to just to say, guys, like, you know, we, we this is kind of a messed up situation. Uh, you know, maybe I apologize if I didn't, you know, look at, you know, look at this serious enough on Boo Jenner. But at the end of the day, it, it doesn't matter. Like, it's just one coach out, one coach in. I, I was part of a firing. I was actually with Sean Brown and Marty McSorley. I don't know if you remember this, Brownie. I was, we were at the, the, a bar, and I looked up the TV and said, Mike Keenan fired Mark Crawford in over the All-Star break. I'm like, okay, that's it. And I just walked out and went right home because I knew it was going to be different, right? So the old coach is in the past. I've got to worry about the new guy. So I think that's what the team will be focusing on. I agree with you 100%. I, I don't know Brad Larson as a coach, but I'm assuming, um, to me, from what I hear, he was kind of a player's coach. I thought Babcock, I mean, I think giving a guy a second chance, I, I see no problem with that. I thought bringing in someone that's won a Stanley Cup, I think Babcock would be someone that would hold guys to a, a different standard. Um, so I, I wasn't, I, how could you see something like this, you know, coming? But what does this do for other coaches and other organizations? Like how much does a GM have to be involved? How much does an ownership now want to be involved now? Because they don't want to make a mistake like this again. No, I, I, let's, let's just look 
know what would have been acceptable. Let's say that uh, Mike Backhaw had emailed all the coaches or all the players said, hey, can you bring me three pictures of your family? I want to get to know your family. So whether you have a wife or kids or dogs or you're a single guy with parents, just show me where you're from. I think that's perfectly acceptable. They bring it. They're choosing what to show them. I don't think that would be anything wrong with that. Um, but just the way he did it, I, it's just a power move, right? It's a power move. And I, you know, we've seen and heard about it, um, you know, as, as, as players, you know, it's, it's kind of gone away now. Um, but I think that would have been perfectly acceptable. You know, I get understanding today's player. And how does a six-year-old guy relate to someone like Adam Fantelli, who's 18 or 19 or whatever he is? Like, it's really hard to relate. So you're trying to find some common ground, stitch your relationship together so that player will, A, listen to you, but B, more importantly, trust you and believe in what you're telling him to do or asking him a way to play or a style of play that works for your group. And, and getting a player to trust you, I believe, is very hard to do in today's uh, game. Jason Strudwick joins us. Oh, 100%. I can tell you, Strudwick. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The easiest thing to do is not ask a young person, can I see your phone? Trust me, like most adults, but young people, that's what they've grown up with. Like, you know, we didn't have a phone at 15 or 16. So, you know, you you adjust it now and sure. uh, But I can leave my phone around. Young kids from the age that they're old enough to get a phone, they've got a phone. And that's like their life. It's their lifeblood. All their friends are in there. Like they can get a hold of their friends at any moment. They can search up whatever they want uh, at any moment. And so... You might not know how to connect with with young kids, but I sure know how not to connect with them. And that would be like asking them for their phone. It's it's such a ridiculous thing uh, to do. Just so stupid. I got a question for you, Stretty. I thought, I mean, obviously when this came out, there was a number of players that were kind of giving their uh, input on what they felt. And the one thing that actually surprised me is I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of guys coming out and defending him for a guy that's been in the league for a long time. Did you feel that at all? Yeah, I mean, 
listen, I mean, how many coaches did you actually really like, right? So let's assume that that it was just a coach that is um, that hadn't done anything, you know, that that was you know uh, unprofessional. You know, how many coaches did you actually truly enjoy their company? There weren't many, you know. I, I, and it's not that I hated my coaches, but I don't know that that's the relationship. So, you know, oh, this guy's screwing me, or I'm not getting the ice time, or I don't like the system he's playing. So, you know, I, I, a guy like Babcock, who obviously wore on guys and grinded on them, and, and, and daily, day in, day out, he's all over you. You know, you're not really feeling like going to the, you know, coming in on your horse and trying to rescue this guy. So, I, I think that his style of coaching is is one that's very hard on you. Um, and, and, you know, at, at times demeaning, and players just don't respond to that. It's interesting, you know, you talk about John Tortorella with players who have had him, and his, his way is similar, and yet they defend him, right? So what's the difference between Tortorella, what he does, being demanding, and, and, and um, you know, not that I say he stepped over the line, but he's a demanding style coach. But his, you know, you listen to Jody Shelley talk about him. Jody Shelley is like putting him up on a pedestal. And then you don't really hear that a lot from guys that were coached by Mike Babcock. Oh, no, most guys hate him. I think they tell stories like, it is rare to, like, some guys, you might not say, you know what, yeah, I don't like the guy, but none of your coaches you despise enough that you would go up publicly and, and air your dirty laundry with the guy, right? Like, you might not have liked him. Yeah, you know, Tom Rennie no. benched me for 20 straight games. Not really a big fan of him at that point, <laughs> right? But you know what I mean? Like, he didn't do anything else like that. Like, he... Mike Babcock, if you go back to Johan Franz and then some of the other stuff he did, like it's pretty despicable as far as a human being goes. And just how you inter- you could be hard on guys and say you got to work hard, and if you don't play hard, you're in the in the press box. I think players can accept that. It's when they start playing the mind games and and mentally, you know, demeaning them like you did and try to control them, and even the stupid thing he did with Mitch Marner to say write down the list of best worker to least hard worker, and then you take that and you show it to your teammates. Like that's such a dick move to even remotely think that that's oh this is going to motivate guys you know it's trying to separate your own team is what it is like he should never coach again and he should never be brought up ever again he should just be forgotten because he clearly doesn't get it from detroit to toronto to columbus yeah and i i agree with brownie like i i do agree that you know if people are showing change i'm all for a second chance sure but it's obvious that he wasn't given he, he did not have the change required and I don't think he, well, he definitely deserves a third chance. But now I think when teams look at p- potential coaches getting second chances, they're going to dig a little deeper and make sure that they have made some kind of changes. But I'll just leave it with this, Grace. When you look at a coach, I didn't always like what some of my coaches told me, but at least they were telling me the truth. I didn't like games. I don't want to be, you know, played games with. And like, if you have a good practice this morning, you'll play tonight. Really? Really? You're going to leave the whole fate of my game based on how my morning skated? I believe they knew. I really did They believe they knew. But when someone said, you're not playing today because you can't make this play, all right. I don't like it, but at least he told me the truth. And maybe that's the difference between Babcock and Tortorella. Tortorella he feeds you the info. You might not like it, but at least he feeds it to you. Whereas then with Babcock, it was more, it sounds like, I was never coached by him, sounds like it was more gameplay. Uh, starting last one, uh, focusing on your position, the defense, of course, uh, training camp medicals are tomorrow. Uh, you know, there might be a few guys, a little stage fright like old Strutty had at, uh, at training camp a few oh. times. But you get into uh, when the, the practices are on Thursday, and if you had to handicap it right now, who do you have ahead, DeHarnay or Broberg? Before Kevin. I'm go with DeHarnay. I got DeHarnay because I think he brings something the Oilers need. 
which is physicality and some nasty. I really think that that, that is something that they value. Um, but unfortunately for Broberg, you know, he needs to play as well. You know, so a dress in 7D and then you're trying to take minutes away from a lot of people. Uh, I'm not sure, but I'll tell you, those two guys, they can't, you know, ease their way into training camp. I think Broberg, more than Darren A, has to come out absolutely flying. So every drill, every scrimmage, if he's lucky, they have a bag skate and he needs to blow people away to show, like, to get to stand out. Then you get into exhibition games. Again, don't, don't, be, don't wade into it. Don't be um, slow to, to get yourself going. Come out firing and make a case. Because if he doesn't, guys, it'll be DNA's spot. And I, because I, I think the Oilers need DNA more than they need Broberg style right now. Strutty, great stuff, man. Have yourself a good one. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. See you guys. That is uh, Jason Strudwick, a former NHLer from the uh, Got Your Back podcast. Uh, we'll come back. We have uh, five questions. We have spec, DVD. Uh, also, our uh, picks coming up on a busy Tuesday edition of the Jason Greger Show with Sean Brown. Presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Gregor, Brown, Hallie with you on a busy Tuesday. Jays-Yankees is the Jays in the stretch run tonight. Big uh, big game. They need a win. So uh, we shall see what happens there. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll tell you about our picks. That We made our picks because... Um, we had to make them before the uh, the early game start, but we'll announce what they are coming up in the uh, 5 o'clock hour. We'll see. Um, yesterday, I'll tell you this, the the three parlay, it's easy to get, well, I shouldn't say easy. It's easy to get two out of three. It's hard to get three out of three. It's always like one that you think would happen. Pick a, a clear favorite, doesn't win. It's all for the kids. We haven't lost any money. We haven't made any money. We're pretty much like Seinfeld. We're breaking even right now. Let's get to five questions brought to you by The Brick. As The Brick, this is a very rare event coming up this weekend. It is their annual or semi-annual sale, excuse me. It goes from the 19th through to the 25th. Do you need a makeover? Find the perfect style. You can save up to 60% off of sofas when you buy the matching love seat. And you complete the room with 30% off home entertainment right now at The Brick and thebrick.com. It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, guys, question number one today. Which team do you think will be the most improved in the NHL this upcoming season? I'm going to go with uh, Carolina. A little bit of a connection with the assistant coach. He's from Oshawa, uh, Jeff Daniels. I like, I love the way. You think they're going to be improved? How can they get much better? They finished second. So they're going to say they're finishing first? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. I I, I, I just, I, I enjoyed, I enjoy. Brindamore and his coaching style, he looks like a guy that anybody, any hockey player would want to play for. Uh, you look at some of the additions that they brought in uh, and just the fact that he's, you know, he, he gets those guys to buy in. He gets, you know, they're they're committed. That, that is a bold state. I never would have had Carolina's as improved team because they were good. So I like it. You're saying they're finishing first. That's a, that's a bold statement. I, I'm going to say, hmm. Now you got me thinking, like, can I pick a good team that I just think is going to finish even higher? It's kind of usually you always just think improved has to be the crap team. So I kind of like it. But I'm going to go with 
And so when I talk improve, like it's easy to pick a bottom team because they got way more room to improve. But I'm going to go. Actually, I think the Vancouver Canucks have a significant improvement this year. I don't as long as Demko's healthy. He only played 32 games last year. Demko's healthy. He will play close to 50, 55 games most likely. And uh, if that happens, then the uh, the Canucks I think have a very good chance of uh, getting back to the playoffs. Question number two, since we had a Condors head coach, Colin Shock on the show earlier. Uh, when you look at the Bakersfield roster this year, who's one player you'll be keeping an eye out for? Uh, that's, you know what? That's, hmm. I, I, I kind of, I, I want to see Carter Savoy, obviously, just because he's a local guy, uh, coached against his, uh, brother. You, you I always want to see a local kid, obviously, succeed. And he's a good player. He's a good talent. Uh, I love the skill that he, that he has. But I'm really interested also in Dylan Holloway. Uh, I think it's a big year for him. Uh, it's a big opportunity for him to show that he belongs in the league. Uh, I think it's important for him to show well and have a good season for the Oilers and for yeah. his own career. Yeah, no, it's true. Like you talked about it earlier where you kind of have to get to that point where you say, okay, you know what, like I got to make some hay here. So um, I will say Borgo. He had 13 goals last year, and we had Colin Chalk on the show earlier. And he talked, and you know what? I like the things he brought up because sometimes when you think about a player, you know, he comes from the Quebec League, didn't speak a lot of English, so there's a little bit of the language barrier at times. Um, you know, you're living on your own now, man's league, and he just, there was a lot of transition. So now it's, now that stuff's all in the past. He should be comfortable there. Can he be better hockey player? And can he be their go-to offensive guy? And even it's only a second year. Like, look at Raphael Lavoie. Now, he wasn't a first round. It was a second round. We're not that far beyond where Borgo was drafted. It, it takes a while. So I want to see how much progression Borgo has in his game. Question number three. The NFL Hall of Fame released their list of 173 modern era nominees. Who do you think are locks to get into the Hall of Fame next year? I'm going to go with Antonio Gates. Um, I think he changed the position of the tight end. Um I love, you know, anyone that, you know, you can look at and, and think, well, that guy's just a natural athlete when I think of him. Yeah, no, he was, he could move big man. Uh, I will go with Julius Peppers. Uh, uh, Julius Peppers, of course, uh, most of his best years came in Carolina, but uh, he was a force on, on the rush end position. So, like, out of the new class, him and Gates, I think, are kind of ahead of everybody else, in my opinion. Yeah. Cons, what about you? I mean, I, I like both those picks. I think they're both locks. Uh, I'll throw Dwight Freeney in there as well. Top 20 all-time in sacks. Uh, not his first chance to get in here, but I, I like Dwight Freeney as the passer. I thought he was great with the Indianapolis Colts. When they'd get the lead, he could really just get back there and uh, get after the quarterback. So I'll go Dwight Freeney in that spin move. Question number four. Uh, we saw the gruesome injury with Nick Chubb last night, uh, so it's kind of a gruesome topic here but what is the worst injury you've ever seen and that you never want to see a replay of again uh one injury that i seen i was with the oil kings i was on the ice with uh griffin reinhardt and obviously as a defenseman you always want to go stick on puck so he was going stick on puck on a one-on-one and i forget who was shooting it but the puck went up and caught him in the mouth and broke the his teeth that bone there pushed it right in like right in and uh so i had to take him to the dentist and so we're sitting in the car and you know he's like how does it look how is it and i was so i had to look (laughs) 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 and uh to see that bone pushed in 
his mouth Ugh. almost made me puke. And so I asked him too. I had to sit there for, obviously for a while while they did some work. And uh, I asked, I was like, well, what did they do? And he's like, he stuck his fingers in there and just pulled it out. Oh, <laughs> I was like, wow, that's gotta hurt. Yeah. The the one that I would never want to see again was Clint Malarchuk. I still remember it, and the massive pool of blood when he got the skate blade across his neck, and you know, and back then in the odd they had the yellow crease, and so it stood out even more, and it was just ugh, that that's for that's one that I just I really remember and hope to never have to see again. And final question for you guys today: Since Jimmy Fallon turns forty nine years old today. Do you have a favorite, I'm just going to call it a broad term, a shtick of his movie, a show segment that he does on his talk show, SNL skit, anything like that? Yeah, that guy is funny. He is multi-talented. I love watching him, especially with Will Ferrell. Those two together are complete comedy. I'm going to have to go when uh, he does his lip-syncing contest there uh, with Emma Stone. I thought that was hilarious. I thought she did a great job. I thought yeah. they fed off of each other very well. Um, you know, but I mean, the list could go on for this guy. He is, like I said, that guy, uh, very talented. Well, the one that actually makes me laugh a lot is when he's, uh, <laughs> um, it's usually him and one of the guests and they're like the girls in the basement and he dresses up and they're like, ew, ew. <laughs> <laughs> but the, it's the dad, the ca- a guy, and I can't remember his name, who comes down and he plays, hey, kids, and he plays the dad, and he is so funny. But Jimmy Fallon with the Ew, that skit, I don't even know what you want. I can't remember the name of it. He's always wearing, like, the purple top. He's got the blonde hair. Looks like he's got fake braces on. But as much as it's him, it's the dad in that skit that, oh, kills me every time. He's so funny and nerdy and annoying. And I could just see, like, how some dads would do that to their teenage girls and be loving every minute of it. Cons, what about you? I was trying to look up who the dad was. Uh... I don't have the answer for you, though. Oh, I got to look. I'll find it in the it's break. Like there's a few. I, he did one where he was like Nick Burns, the company computer guy, and he was basically just uh, an IT specialist that would belittle all the employees for not knowing the simplest things, and I always found that one very funny on SNL, and then he did the Leatherman as well, which was good, but yeah, he had a lot. He was almost well, or as known for you know being funny, but also known just breaking character, right? Yeah. He would always laugh on SNL, so found that kind of funny, too. Yeah, no, Fallon is Fallon's pretty funny dude, man. So he uh there's a lot of them and you know, he'll he'll get some characters in there a few times to do things, but his ability, like he can do a lot of good impersonations too. He's well and he's just multi talented yeah. as far like he can sing, yeah. he can play he's musical, he, he can play different instruments, like the talent how talent I we were in LA this summer, we went on a trip there and we did, it kind of slipped our mind. We didn't plan it, but we were walking where the Hollywood Stars Boulevard there, and that's where he filmed his show. Um, and so we tried to get tickets, but it was way, obviously, way too late. Um, but that would have been cool to yeah. uh, to get to see. Yeah, you guys are talking about uh, Emma Stone, but when Paul Rudd did his lip sync on the show, yeah. that was one of the better lip syncs of all time. Like mm-hmm. he, like I remember Fallon was watching. and He's just, oh, I think I lost. Like lots of times, you know, he can win, but that one, like Paul Rudd, crushed it. Rudd's yeah. pretty funny too. Yeah, yeah, really funny dude. So. Yeah. 
Brownie, good show, buddy. Happy to have you. Second weekend, get more comfortable. No banana bread, though, so... I have to, uh, we'll gauge your appearance based on what you bring to the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really enjoyed it. Taking off the olds, watch the sun play tonight. Oh, yeah, yep. yeah. He's in the, so, cause, Third game. Because he was suspended for the uh, First, season opener, right? Yeah, was, so he missed the one on the road. Apple doesn't fall far <laughs> from the tree, eh? <laughs> yeah, so he got the home opener, though, uh, in Okotoks. So, yeah, looking forward to How's seeing How's their team again. looking? You know what? They're really good. They have uh, they do a good job there. Dice, the coach, uh, recruits very well. Um you know, so yeah, they got they're pretty deep in talent right now. They got lots of kids there, so uh, with that comes a lot of competition. It's going to push a lot of kids, and uh, they'll be all better for it. So uh, yeah, excited to see. Well, make the uh, the trek down to Olds. Uh, great news! You can list at fourteen forty all the way. So I will. Uh, there you go. That is uh, Sean Brown, our uh, weekly Tuesday co-host from three until five o'clock. Let's get to uh, Connor Halley and a Sports Center update brought to you by Edmonton. Kubota, just like you, super pumped that Sports Radio is back and they are celebrating with a big time sale on all of their compact BXB tractors. You can get 0% financing for 84 months. Shop in-store on 156th Street or online at edmontonkubota.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 